In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen assembled here this morning, family and friends of the graduates, leaders of our beloved synod, esteemed colleagues, and most of all, you who are graduating today, grace to you and peace. In God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are tough days ahead, brothers and sisters in Christ. It's not as bad generally as the first century AD in the Roman Empire, when, for example, the Emperor Caligula threatened to make his horse a senator, or in the years 68 and 69, within one year, there were three Roman emperors, Galba, Otho, and Vitellius, and they were all assassinated. But in some ways, it's worse. Consider that in 1973, homosexuality was classified as a mental disorder, but within 35 years or so, the tables have been turned so completely that now it's declared to be quite normal. Worse, in recent years, this condition has been actually glorified. And even worse, this aberrant condition has now been given legal status and protection so that even if popular opinion turns against it in coming decades, as it has done in the case of abortion in recent years, the problem will remain with us for years to come. Within an increasingly hostile context, then, what are you to do, you, who have pledged your fidelity to the scriptures and to the Lutheran confessions, both you men ready to be pastors and Emily and Marissa, you who are ready to be deaconesses. Guys, let me turn to you first. Listen to the words of St. Paul in Acts 20, 28, spoken to the elders, the pastoral leaders of the congregations from Ephesus, who met Paul on the close of his third missionary journey as he sojourned east to Jerusalem. His advice is relevant whether in good times or in bad, whether the re culture returns to some semblance of normalcy, whether it stays hostile so that leaders arise who deceive the people, as Paul says, just a few words beyond our text, whether it deteriorates still further and chains and afflictions of St. Paul, which he mentions a few verses before our text, are yours as well. And allow me to slum in the Greek for a moment, something I rarely do from the pulpit in a sermon, but this is the last time I have you as a captive audience. <laughs> so I will make an exception today. First, the small 12-inch black-and-white TV version of our text as printed in the service folder. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. Let me for a few moments take you to the game. Take heed. Pay attention, present stem imperative, connected to you. This is really important. Listen up right now. 
to yourselves and to all the flock. It's not only the flock that's in danger. It's also you. And it's all the flock, not just your favorites. Among whom the Holy Spirit has placed you. Not over which, which was the wording of the King James Version and which has insinuated itself into many people's thinking. Among whom you are not the Lord of your people among whom you, the Holy Spirit, has placed. That you is moved up first in the clause. We're talking about you. You are really important here. Upon, uh, among whom the Holy Spirit has placed you deliberately, middle voice, etheta, for his own purposes, for his own designs, because it's so important to him as overseers, the other word for pastors in the first century, to tend as a shepherd, not just to care for, but to tend as a shepherd carefully takes care of his sheep, Indeed, may I say, as the good shepherd, as the chief shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. Oh, and it's a present infinitive, connected to you. You put it on like clothing. It stays with you, this tending. It is your very calling. The church, the assembly of God, not your assembly, God's. And it's not just individuals, it's the whole. Which he has obtained for himself. There's that middle voice again. For himself, periapoesata. Because they're so important to him, he has made the extra effort to make them his own. And he's done it through his own blood. It is us, belonging to oneself, one's very own. These are marvelous words. Listen to it all in a row now. Take heed, it's really important right now, to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has placed deliberately for his own purposes, you, as overseers to tend as a shepherd and you do it as your calling, it's part of you, the church of God, which he has obtained, middle voice, so special for him with his very own blood. And did you notice the subtle Trinitarian reference? Holy Spirit places, church of God, the Father, his own blood, the Son, and all in the first century A.D. <clears throat> but now you, Emily and Marissa, you too will be going out into what is a hostile world. Let's take Paul's idea of God obtaining his people for himself and hear it in the words of St. Peter as encouraging for you in our second text. Peter says this in chapter 2 of his first letter, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy people group, a people for a possession 
in order that you may announce out the excellent words and works of the one who has called you out of darkness into his astounding light. What a wonderful description this is. Firmly rooted in the Old Testament and especially in Exodus chapter 19, the description of, God, of Israel as God's special picked out people, a royal priesthood, that is, people under his gracious reign and rule set aside for special service, holy, not corrupted by the twisted things of this world. And there it is, a people for a possession, peripoiesin, related to that verb in the Acts 20 text. God's own possession, so precious to him that he gave up everything like the treasure in the field being searched out for the man who gave up everything in Matthew 13, with his very own precious blood. This is the vision I challenge you to place before your people. How precious they truly are. How beloved they truly are. They may not believe it. They may not even know it but you can help them understand it and clarify things for them. And this people is special. Why? Hapos, purpose clause, in order that they might pro proclaim out the things that are excellent, words and deeds of the one who has called them out of darkness into his astounding light. You have the privilege of fostering that, that proclamation through your words and your actions. What a glorious calling this is and how enriched God's flock will be through you. Let me conclude this morning by addressing family and friends of the candidates gathered here this morning. I hope you've been listening to what I've been saying to the candidates Embrace the concept that I have been exploring in these two verses of God's precious possession. God has obtained you, his dear children, through his holy precious blood. And you are now part of the people who are precious in his sight. Hold on to this truth. No matter what the world may think, no matter what the world may say, no matter what the world may threaten, no one will pluck you out of his hand, for you are his precious possession. In Jesus' name, amen.